This is Take Two. Is Take Two. You do have a fucking amazing name. Like it's I'm Lydia (laughs) Deloy. Like you have such a fucking cool name. Thank you very much. Great stuff. What? Like that's so good. Also, thank you for being here. No problem. I have like so many questions to ask you, and they're genuinely just for me. Like that's okay. Fuck the fucking listeners. Like at this point in time, I'm just like, no, just like give me everything. Because like I feel like you're. 10 years ahead of me. Well, well I probably am, because, I mean, how old are you? 25. And I'm 38, so I definitely You're 10 am. years ahead of me. Yes, I am. So I'm 10. Like, cut the three. <laughs> three out. I'm 10 years ahead of you, yeah. But that's so cool. Like, uh, and... So, this is going to sound really strange, right? Okay. Don't fucking make fun of me. Never. But, uh, I... No, I do. Like, I'm short anyways. But, I was... <laughs> I was in a fucking mood this weekend. Yeah. And I was listening to... Did you... Listen to Miley Cyrus's new album. No. She recorded her album like uh, for Disney Plus and it's called like the Backyard Sessions, right? And <laughs> she also played The Climb. So she was singing The Climb, remember? Like, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. And I was there. I'm there. I'm in a bad mood. And all of a sudden I'm fucking bawling my eyes out. Like a <laughs> loser. Like genuinely. And she's just talking about like, the journey and all that and like getting to the top and i don't know like i don't know if it's some universe stuff but then the way like things work sometimes it's like everything goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. and then i started obviously listening to your podcast and like your stuff for like research for this and you started to talk a little bit about like being at the top and your midlife crisis after this which is so interesting right and i was like fucking hell like sometimes um like with the climb and the lyrics and it's like there's these fucking mountains and everyone always says about this journey this journey and i was like i feel like right now the way it's happening right lydia i'm like looking up at these fucking mountains but there's like clouds in front of them i have no idea where the fuck i'm going Mm -hmm. and i'm petrified yes first of all i'm petrified because like what if these mountains aren't fucking there what if i'm climbing i want to climb everest Yes, I don't want to climb Crow Patrick. Yeah, and I'm so scared <laughs> of like just like embarking on a journey that then I'm just like fuck, like I'm I'm screwing up here. Yes, and you, you obviously didn't screw up, right? But you got to the top of a certain mountain that then you were like shit. Yes, what? Like how did you? I know. I don't want you to repeat everything that you've been saying on other podcasts. I know that there's vision. I know there's gratitude, there's intention, but you have something called leverage. Mm-hmm. How did you figure that leverage out, if you don't mind? Wow. Well, great question. Oh, I don't want to start all heavy and shit. Right? No, but it, it's that's that's exactly the way that I would want to do things. And it's yeah. you. The first thing that I will say is the fact that you have um, that awareness of the mountain of the climb of the clouds of minor age <laughs> like that is half the battle that is half the battle um when you say about you know the clouds and what's beyond there or you know the fear that's that's all indication of you're on the right track because that's how it's meant to be it's mm-hmm. not meant to be easy mm-hmm. it's not meant to be um something that you can figure out straight away it's not so- meant to be something that you have the answers to and 
the leverage that you were talking about that still does not feel like you're talking about me. You know, when you say like you've done all these great things and you've had these amazing experiences and this knowledge, I still feel very much at this moment in time that I am failing and that I'm not doing well. Yeah. And that I haven't succeeded or I haven't reached an important pinnacle yet. Yeah. So the leverage is about consistency and the leverage is about not giving up and the leverage is about continuing to try and find that successful peak. Mm. So it's my, you know, half you're failing, half, you know, you are going to get there. You know, I, whatever um, achievement that I've set out to achieve and I've done it, the goalpost has always moved for me. I've always had short lives, um, you know, momentary, well, well done. You've done really well there. And I move on. I mean, it could literally be a half an hour of that day if something great happens to me or I've achieved something or I've got a big deal or whatever it is. I will sit and say, well done for about a half an hour and then it will completely be gone. I will prepare for it and I'll be on to the next goal or the next whatever else. Mm. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. It's so unfortunate though because it's like there is that failure that goes with it and there is like, it's kind of like everyone says the same thing that once you get to the top it's like the next and the next yeah. and you and I, I don't even probably even Bezos right now doesn't feel like he is at the top so yeah. like technically it's just this constant like fucking rat race yeah but it has to be like that because if you look at anything in your life if you stop after the first yeah triumph I know then that's it then you never achieve anything after that yeah and what I've learned is you know, I've learned over the years, definitely more into my 30s, that when it goes wrong and when you make wrong choices and wrong decisions, it's okay to acknowledge them, but it's really important to just be easy on yourself and kind to yourself and go, we do, we do better. We go again, we figure it out, we don't make those mistakes again. And if we do, then we just have to kind of reassess and, and realign ourselves and keep going. Yeah. And I think for, you know, as long as I can remember from being in the music industry, now being in the combat sports um, industry, is that all of the creative people that I'm surrounded by that are doing well and I, I admire and I aspire to be like, um, they also have the same ups and downs that I do. We all have it. It's just a creative thing. If you're creative and you're entre- entrepreneurial and you're um, you know, are a go-getter and ha- are all these little niche, cliche little quips then you you do you have to experience the the highs and the lows it goes part and part unfortunately there's days that I wake up and I say I wish I could wake up and be content with just working a nine-to-five job and going to an office sitting in a cubicle getting paid buying a house and that be it and just and feel contentment but I was put here for a very specific task (laughs) that I'm still trying to figure out but I know what I don't want to do, you know? And usually knowing what you don't want to do makes things somewhat easier to embark on where it's like, I know what to avoid. Yes. When yeah. it comes to the failing and these lows, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, like, is there a certain point in time? I don't know if it comes with age. I don't know if it comes with experience where you go like, all right, I'm in the slump again. Yeah. Or does the slump always feel fresh in you? Um. That's a really, really, really great question and extremely relevant to 
where I'm at right now at the moment. And I've noticed that I have like a cyclical pattern in terms of my career, my creativity, um, and I suppose the climb, if you want to put that label on it. And it gets to, what I figured out is when I started music in my early 20s, when I got to 28, 29, I had my midlife crisis. What, what I thought was a midlife crisis, little did I know there was loads more to come. But, um, and then I had like a, a thing where I was like, I need to exit this industry. There needs to be something else. I need to find more for myself. And then I got into like martial arts and sports and all that kind of um, where it led to me now today. And I still feel like I'm going through that now. Mm-hmm. I'm still like changing the course. Like I've done what I've done in combat sports for eight years. The podcasting. And I've, I feel in myself that I'm searching for a new creative outlet and a deeper connection. Um, so I notice in myself that every like end of every decade so far, yeah. I've had this just pure, I want to drop everything. I'm letting go of everything and I'm going to create a new path for myself. Mm-hmm. So when I was in my 20s and this happened, I got really scared and really nervous because I was leaving an industry that it was all I knew. So I was really freaked out that, you know, that security of staying music because you're really good at it. You've built up all your contacts. You have a little bit of a, you know, um, notoriety. So it's easy for you to get in places, well, not in places, but into like opportunities or whatever it might be. And so the same thing is happening to me now where I kind of go, just stay in sports and combat sports because it's your niche and you're really good at it. Um, But I do feel a a need to kind of navigate into something not more meaningful because this this career is really important and very meaningful to me. But um, I feel like it's soul growth more than anything. You know, it's creative growth. It's growing of my soul into what's next. Um. So to to roundabout to answer your question, um, I have noticed that there are patterns, greater patterns as in like, you know, um, years in the making and then things shift. And then also in kind of like the day to day of the creative sort of element of what I do, I, I recognize like creative processes, you know, and I, I get very even down to, you know, I, I might want to not even leave bed some days. You know, where I'm just like, I have no creative desire to do this. And then when I get into those spots, that's usually when I get like a really big creative spark. Like this is like launching this new thing or get involved with this project. And what I've noticed is it's the slowing down of Lydia. That's what my body and my mind needs to get creative again. So I'm in this busyness of like, go, 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 go. And then I'm suddenly like, I can't do this anymore. And I just physically want to shut off from the world, throw my phone away. And for a long time, I was like, do I have a little bit of depression? But it's actually not. It's it's my creativeness making me slow down, forcing me to slow down, to shut everything off so that I can have the space to meditate on what comes next. Mm-hmm. Right now, would you have like a certain team around you or are you navigating the media space somewhat by yourself with like the people that you know? Yeah, I'm navigating it on my own um, and I have done for a very it's long time. Um, it is very scary and it is very nerve wracking and you have to really back yourself 100%. 
uh, what I found is that I have worked with people in the past. I have been involved with teams and different stuff like that and taken up opportunities. Um, I found it really, really difficult, mainly because people are not aligned. When people are not aligned like you are, whether it's in the creative space or, you know, as people, um, it can be very difficult to navigate business and careers and executing big projects. Everyone has to be on the same playing field and there has to be 120% trust. And then, you know, in any relationship, there can be like, it can be fragmented, it can break down. And that's where I get, you know, um, less creative. And that's where um, it becomes more of a job for me than this amazing project that I'm working on. So I tend to prefer to to stay on my own or go back to working on my own because maybe it's like I'm a control freak. You know, you have all the control, you have all the um, the freedom to kind of be as driven or not driven and it's on your schedule. Um, but I, it definitely is necessary to work alongside people in terms of getting assistance on things like, you know, what I mean, I suppose, is, is that... I like to be my own boss, quote unquote, but I definitely recognize that you have to work with people along the way to achieve things. Um, but I definitely work better alone. And that's where a lot of my creativity comes in. Um, but when you do work with a team and it is right and everyone is on the same page and everyone is super passionate, then that's like a really beautiful thing. Like the podcast, you know, when I done the first exchange podcast with Shane, um at collaborative studios and that was a pure you know i had gone for um a screen test for a, a tv show and i didn't get it and while i was in there he was the sound guy and he basically like you know called me afterwards and was like oh you were in for this audition you know i heard that you didn't get it but i have a studio and i have worked on radio and i have this new vision you, do you want to do like a podcast you know pretty much what what you guys are doing here um, and I said, yeah, look, I'll give it a shot. And it was so successful and so interesting and not only sports and combat sports or fight sports. I was, it, I kind of wanted it to be a platform for all different people. So it was really, really cool. And I really enjoyed it. So that's the interesting thing where right now I feel like we're all at the point. No, I'm not going to throw the blanket assumption that hits everyone. Right. But Obviously, when you go down a path where you're not going to niche down super quick, it's yeah. like you kind of have to become the niche, yeah. right? And it's so difficult that like, um, there's an ego thing right now that I'm battling with where it's like you kind of have to accept that there's a little bit of, dare I say, like you need to be a little bit proud and pompous yes. to a point where you're like, fuck man, I need people. I want people to like me. Yep. And I need their attention. Yes. To then do what I want to do, right? But then, obviously, we're in Ireland. There's Ireland. I'm from Malta. I'm not Irish, by the way. I just came back from Malta. Did ya? I was working and I had a show in Malta, yeah. Yeah, they're doing quite a lot of MMA over there. Well, it was so. boxing, but... Uh, boxing? Yeah, yeah. It was It was in... Do you know where the Hilton is in Malta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was in the Hilton, Malta. Um, and it was amazing. That's that's so cool that like you're from Malta. I didn't know that. I meant to ask you where you were from. Tell everyone how tiny the island is. It's so tiny. <laughs> it's so beautiful. 
You know, everyone like I can't what? imagine a podcast would be that successful there. Maybe it would, maybe it would. I don't know. But yeah, it's beautiful oh, yeah. but tiny, yeah. Uh it's so tiny. Like people always go like, Oh yeah, she's from Walter, you know, carry on. Yeah. And then they forget or don't even know how small it is. Yeah. But yeah, anyways. Well we're like culturally very similar, you yes. know? So yeah. there is that concept of just like not even notions, but just like you have to be humbled, right? Like yes. it's not encouraged. And I don't want to make it, I'm trying to learn how to not make things a women's issue sometimes. But yes. there is that element of growing up and being raised as a girl where they yeah. kind of have to like put you in your place, you know? Yeah. Well, as women, we're yeah. socially indoctrinated mm-hmm. to put someone else first, you yeah. know, or to, yeah. to be second or to be less than or to quieten ourselves down. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. So like even there are certain steps of even just doing this podcast that I started out a while ago where it was like, how dare I start it? But then I'm like, yeah. no, you know, but in saying that, right, the one thing that I am new to and still figuring it out is I started working at the age of 21 right yeah so I got thrown into the world as like in business and then it's like I've been four years into this and I slowly start to see things where I'm like what why are they treating the lads that are my age as like yeah. bros and they're they're approaching them with business opportunities yeah hold on like I have an idea you're yeah. cool let's do this mm-hmm. but then mm. With me, I've just been constantly strung along as like, no, you work for us there, you know, yeah. like you don't have that much experience. Like it's like yeah. very, and I remember just getting very angry. At first, yeah. that's how I, uh, I met it with. It's mm-hmm. just like, why are you doing this to me? You know what I mean? I'm cool. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, 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 I can join along. Yeah. Right? What do you mean? And that's like a question I want to ask you, not about what's it like with being a woman in business, what's it like, not yeah. none of that stuff. But it's like, did you ever get to a point or what was the turning point where you're like, okay, I see it, it is what it is, Yeah, I can't do much, I can't let that touch me anymore though. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say, of all the people I've met and all the interviews and everything I've done, you are incredible <laughs> honestly honestly your questions that you've come with and your inside and your depth straight off the bat is like honestly i'm like wow i was like this girl is absolutely incredible <laughs> so whatever glass ceiling you think other people have put there for you like smash down you know like seriously because you are like honestly this is fantastic you like what you girls are doing here is like incredible Thank you. so Screw them is the first thing that I would say. <laughs> I <know. laughs> the second thing that I would say is I 100% know what you mean by yeah. that. And I, even to the point where, you know, I came from the music industry, which is obviously male and female dominated or non- non-binary dom- dom- dominated. Um, but the boys still, they run, the still, still, they still run the show. It's still yeah. the big boys club. So I went from being in the music industry to being in the combat sports industry, the fight industry, which up until, you know, a certain point in time, women couldn't even fight, you know, never mind train or, you you know, the Olympics and all these different things. Um, So I'm I'm, I'm still in in a male dominated sport. You unfortunately have to make, now, don't get me wrong. I, I don't want people who are, 
listening to this or watching this to think that uh, combat sports or the music industry is like this horrible industry where like, you know, it's abusive to women and different things. Every industry, unfortunately, where there is men, uh, there can be, and more often there is, a lot of um, abuse of some level. Yeah, there's you like know? authority there. Exactly. There's some sort of abuse. It is not um, equal sailing or, or, or an equal playing field. What I had to um, figure out very quickly from the start of being in the combat sports industry is that when you're a woman and when you're new and when you're not a ring girl or you're not like one of those stereotypical roles that women play within the industry you very much have to quickly accept the way it is or leave and that seems like a very you know um I feel like I let women down by admitting that I had to do that or saying that I done that because um you know I would, in my, as I am as a person, I always believe in like truth and fairness and, um, you know, justice, you know, and, and representing um, yourself and other women to the best of our abilities and raising us all up. And for a very long time, I did feel like I had done women a, a disservice in the sport because I kept quiet on things that had happened around me or to me. Um, and still to this to this day, you know, like a big thing within the sport is when, um, you know, something goes wrong or the, like gossiping, you know, backcutting, backstabbing. It's so prevalent within the sports. And when things go wrong within business, you'll always hear someone saying, Pablo, this happened or that happened. It's just natural yeah. human thing. So whenever anything happened to me within business that I could have gone to people and, you know, I keep saying I'm going to write a book and I'll, I'll put it in there, but I've chosen to stay quiet. And I do have inner conflict about that on whether um, that is the right thing for me or is the right thing for women in the sport to do. <clears throat> and when I, you know, people might watch this and be like, fuck, what happened to her? Nothing, there's nothing that I need needed to go to you know the police the guards are better the police or make a report or file a you know go to court it's, it's nothing like that it's just you know underlying um misogyny sexism um just the old boys club yeah you know that is like fucking hell man like you have daughters you have sisters you have mothers you know um this just should not be allowed to happen um, and even then from that to the, the kind of, uh, the audience, the, the fight game fans or audience, you know, again, not everyone. I've met some of the nicest people in the sport. I love everything about fighting and gyms and coaches and the fighters. They bring so much to the community and just, I love it. But there are certain amount of people online that, you know, even, you know, if I do a show and I'm on TV or I have done a broadcast or, you know, I've I've done something publicly. The next morning I'll open my Instagram and I'll have, you know, unsolicited DMs. Yeah. Oh you know, God. like even to that extent, there's so much that you can talk about. Oh, my God. And it's like, and so because of that, I try to, you know, not be as sexual, not be as flirt. Well, not that you'd be flirtatious, but 
for a very long time people used to, to comment she's so flirty with those guys mm. and it's like I could be no more yep. flirty like if you think that's me flirting like you know you should see me in real life you know when I do <laughs> I gave I to my, my game is a lot better than that <laughs> but you know even stuff like that it's just because I'm really friendly I'm really passionate I'm really into what I'm doing that it's just translated as this woman just wants to do whatever with this person that she's interviewing and it, it could be male or female it wouldn't matter you know um so things like that uh I've had to but in saying that you know I've seen women who've come into these industries and have spoken up and said you know I've been like the quote-unquote bitch and they're, they're not respected either. And it's a thing of like, we'll just keep her that, just keep her quiet there. And Because like, you're either a problem or yes. you're complacent. 100%. And 100%, yeah. It's so difficult to navigate because it's like, that's it with me where I also know myself enough that yeah. the, if something were to happen, then I do turn cold. Yes. You know, but if I want to stay there, I... I don't know if it's the Mediterranean in me, but I, or else just like my personality. But like, I will not kiss your ass. Yes, and that's—I don't know if that's going to be like the detriment. To yeah, me. the ass kissery—I can't handle it. Well, no, it it won't be a detriment to you because, you know, whatever your belief system is, whatever path that you choose any action that you choose to take, like it's all going towards leading you somewhere. Yeah, it's going to. Don't get me wrong, like, you know, I have messed up a lot in my career. Like, I've... Wait, like, what are some failures? Um, so Some of the failures that I would count is in my 20s being... um, And I don't really blame myself because it was just the age that I was, but I wasn't emotionally mature enough to deal with the gravity of my, the, my music career and okay. the fast pace of it and... I very much was leading into the rock and roll lifestyle and, you know, now that I look back on it, to be successful in any walk of life, you know, the rock and roll lifestyle is not one to succeed in. Um, and more recently in this career, I think um, I have a very big problem with thinking that other people have the same heart as me and thinking that other people think the same as me in terms of fairness, um, you know, what the the list could go on, but I I I find it very difficult to th- you know when people fuck people over. Mm-hmm. I'm the first person to go. No, hang on, let's get psychological on this. Like, what could be? I don't think that person. Maybe they done this because of this way, or maybe it was. You know, I always try and be fair in like why people have made decisions that they've made because I've made wrong decisions myself, and and not being a nice person back in my 20s and teens to other people that I worked with, you know, especially within the band. Um, but with growth, with hindsight, with therapy, with jiu-jitsu, you know, with clean lifestyle, clean living, I've been able to heal that and look back and apologize for it, you know, apologize to the universe and also know to, to, to do better when I go on. But I still have that thing where you know, I will go into, you know, I've trusted other people that have, you know, in just in business, you, you trust people have clean hearts and they're saying like, you know, this is an opportunity that we have for you and this is how we're going to do it and this is the big vision and we want you on board and then, you know, it 
you get there and it's like the this not only is this not what I was sold but these people are not people that I would want to be around in everyday life never mind in business with they're comfortable you know? liars yeah 100% 100% and you get businesses end and businesses fail and people go in and out of business deals all the time but I, I have found that you know I do get emotionally invested emotionally um, caught up in, in, in the kind of what can happen and the future and this is going to be and then when it doesn't work out I, I yeah I do take a certain amount of personal responsibility and I do find it hard to kind of you know it takes me a while to sort of bounce back bounce back from it yeah because I kind of feel like sometimes you get that thing where you're like why do I even bother leaving the house like I'm yeah. not going to try and you just have to be brave and I think a big thing for me is that I have no other friends that work in this industry Um. I have no other friends that I, I, I sorry, I'm st- saying this now. And I know that if my friend Layla sees this, she'll be like, what the fuck? She's like, we did the exact same job. I'm like, you're a good friend. So I have one good friend, Layla, who um, is, she's between America and the UK. And she's been a, a sage for me over the, the couple of years and has been great with advice. But kind of in my everyday life, like the people I grew up with and family, they don't know this industry. And it's like, they don't understand the ins and outs. So you've, feel you do get quite isolated and when there's an issue or a problem I find that I do keep it to myself and even if you have a therapist like you know try to tell a therapist about like oh this deal didn't work out and, and they're like okay well it's just a deal no but like don't get it this you know and it's like this whole whole kind of thing but you know even when I'm like talking to you now I still kind of feel like you know I don't know what I'm talking about you know that mm-hmm. kind of way yeah, there's that like imposter syndrome. Something. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Like I recognize, don't get me wrong, I recognize that I have um, a skill. I know what I'm good at. And, you know, I know, I know I'm meant to be where I am. Um, I could be, I know I could be better, but there's, uh, there's all these things where I, I do recognize. It's when other people say to me, like, you know, you, I mean, I have friends that are, again, they're so supportive. Um, I have a group of friends called, called, they're called the council because it's like this coven of women <laughs> that are all super intelligent, like psychologists, <laughs> nutritionists, like, you know, like the MSC, B2, whatever, ahead of all their names and stuff. Um, and they're always like, you know, they'll put up like the UFC or like when they're like, oh my God, you should do this job. Why don't you ring them and just tell them that you're available? And then I'm like, that's not how this industry works, you know, but I love that you um, just think that that would be like, a, you know, they just have, they're so loving and so supportive. Um, so it's when they say stuff and I go, God, do they really know what I'm like? Like, I'm not as good as they think I am. And that's when the imposter syndrome gets in. But um, yeah, so I think in those moments, um, that's when I know I have a bit of work to do. Like I'm, you know, in reflective meditation, I'm like, okay, sit, sit with this and recognize your strengths. How do you deal with patience, Lydia? Because <laughs> they're wrong. Yeah. Right? All right, cool. And same. Like, what's the earth sign you? I'm a Taurus. Oh, the earth sign. I'm a Leo. Oh, so I. Hey, <laughs> so you're a bull in the china shop, and I'm a lion <laughs> drumming through fire hoops. Um, boys. So patience. Patience comes with time and with age and with having no choice um, and with 
having to work on letting it go. Do you mean, are you asking me about patience because from a career point of view of like, you know what, you want everything to happen yesterday? No, so a little bit of everything, right? So definitely a career point yeah. of view in one yeah. way, but then it's also just like in a reflective sense of like, let's bring up the UFC, right? Yes. Like there's obviously a lot of steps to go, but then it's just like, okay, how do I like, what else do I need to, what else do you need to fucking do? Like what's next for you? To get onto UFC, is it like Dazon? Is it like how does it? Do you, like obviously you're not gonna DM Dana White. Yeah, yeah, I you know. I mean, I would, but he would so respond. <laughs> I tag him every Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm like that. Like, messaged him again today. <laughs> but like, it's sort of there's that element of patience, but yeah. also proactivity. Yeah, as you need to find that balance of. I'm not going to pester people. Yeah. But then I'm also based in Europe. Is there, not even is there a chance, right? Because like, sure, everything is fucking possible, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's like, how do we go from the UK to Ireland to then Las Vegas? You know? Yes. So one step at a time, Deb. Yeah, one step at a time. I mean, all the the, the, the classic cliches, like sometimes you do go, I now get where they say that. Yeah. Ultimately, the way that I have to work because I have no patience okay. um, and I think that everything should be delivered yesterday. And what I've learned, um, one of the good things that I've come out of working with teams or with other people on certain projects is that I learned very quickly that not everyone is going to work to the same level as me. And that's OK. And if they're an employee, it is absolutely okay that they don't answer a text or an email at 9 p.m. at night or get an edit done or, if, you know, if their shift is 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I found very hard to deal with when I did have employees. Um, so patience from that standpoint, I've definitely recognized that, you know, um, there are deadlines and deadlines are there for a reason and they need to be met but sometimes it's not the end of the world it's really not the end of the world so that's a really big thing um you know when i look back on you know because there's a chain in like you know companies or like you know so this person is like i don't care how it happens just get it done and then that filters into the next person okay i'm on i'm gonna get it done and then the next person and then it feeds down and then it's just this big line of like angry aggro tension like just get the fucking whatever it is done and get it out and it's so really, really unproductive um from like a working space so that's one area where i learned to have patience that it's not that big a deal in terms of deadlines um and the second thing is when i'm in that creative space of okay so i have some downtime now and i have like for example this i'm home half the month I'm in the UK half the month so I have a little bit of downtime and I'm kind of in in between planning new projects so I was like okay I'll, I'll accept invitations to come on podcasts or like meet with people and you know whatever so that's been this is part of my you know kind of process of like different things but when I say target someone or I'm sending out like a vision or a little plan or inviting someone to kind of come into business with me. As soon as the email is sent, the phone call is had, whatever, it's parked and I don't think about it. Oh. 
it's parts. I love that. And it's like, I let go of the outcome. I've done my bit. I've worked as hard as I needed to. Whether you're putting together a deck or, a, you know, a, a, a pitch, yeah. pitch, whatever it is. Send it, best of your ability, park it. Send Forget it about it. God, sort of. Just like, God. Let go and let God, as they say. Yeah. You know, whatever your version of God is, but that is what I've learned to do with stuff. And it's the best way because it's literally like filing cabinets. Files, this one's done, yep, file it back and that's it. And that's, the, that's how I deal with things. And then, you know, I mean, there's so there's so many things like I I've done, like you know, screen tests, auditions for so many different things over the years, and didn't get them, but I parked them and went. I done my best, or I wasn't good enough, or I wasn't what they're looking for. I think in this, especially from a, a um a presenter standpoint, I think you know I've done all the presenting and sort of on screen stuff. I'm blessed that I have other talents and other skills beyond that whether it be branding marketing social whatever it is that I can kind of navigate you know financially navigate having a career in presenting because it's very difficult you know because jobs are few and far especially in this industry um but yeah I've always just done what I need to do and you know done it to the best of my ability or recognized okay you could have done that a little bit better or that's maybe blah 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 but there's so many variables of why somebody won't hire you. You know, maybe they can't afford you. Maybe they need someone at a particular time that you said, I won't be available then, but I'm only available here. You know, or maybe you're not the right look or maybe you're not the right sound or maybe they want a different approach to presenting or interviews or whatever it might be. And that's okay. That's okay because the big thing to remember is like you, especially in this time, where you can create content with literally a phone and a TikTok account or an Instagram account, there's no, like, there's literally no reason why you can't be whoever or whatever you want to be. Yes, it makes it a lot easier when someone comes along with a wad of cash and says, do that for money or come be, come hang out with us and like, you know, it's after work, you get your rent paid or whatever it is. But what I have learned if I've learned anything, is that consistency and hard work will always pay off. No matter what you're doing, it will all, if you are cleaning streets, if you do that consistently and to the best of your ability, you know, you will be recognized in that field. 100%, it's inevitable. But it's very difficult to do that when it feels like the chips are against you and when it feels like everyone else is getting opportunities and you're not. And I, used to go to have a very very hard time in looking at other people and going but what the hell do they have that I don't have or what are they doing or you know she's just there because of her looks or she's just there because of xyz I could if they just give me the opportunity and that's such a toxic mind space to be in um and it's so easy to slip into for me um but it is so detrimental to like your higher vibration. It's such a low vibrational way to be. And I hate that there's industries that create that, you know, in that the opportunities are, you, you know, people do get jobs because of how they look. People do get jobs because of who they know or, you know, whatever other reasons are there. And sometimes it's not fair. 
but you could spend all day focusing on that. So as much as I know that, I still have to pull myself out of those. Like that doesn't go away. Yeah, that's you it. know that's it. Literally, like sometimes I'm just looking around, you know, and obviously not everyone has a podcast, but the podcast space yeah. has increased. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, I can help. Like, uh, I'm here. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah. what's I and I do get a bit attacky sometimes because I'm like, all right, so. I'm not a pretty princess. Yeah. I'm not like... Well, you you are absolutely but, stunning but, and you're but, cool as fuck. Yeah, so that's pretty way everybody. more. But like if you were to split <laughs> the fucking population up, right? It's like we've got the girlos, we've got the huns. Yeah. And then we've got the lads, lads. Yeah. And it's like I'm 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 not the girlo and the yeah. hun, so don't fucking come at me. Yeah. Like, fair play, like the influencer yeah. woman. Yeah. You know, they're yeah, all yeah. somewhat similar. Fucking yeah. get Molly May. Copy yeah. and paste, pow, pow, yeah. and like we got them. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Keep doing that. <laughs> uh, and then we got the lads yeah. as well. So it's like, it's hard for me to find my space. Yeah. And then sometimes I do go, is it my... You've answered lads? your own question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've answered your own question because you're like, I need to, I don't know how to find my space. Maybe you're not meant to fit into these spaces. I, I know. Maybe you're meant to be, you are meant to create the path. The same way when I started in this industry, they were like, oh, girls don't do that shit girls do ring cards or they do you know you can't do interview and like leave the lads do that you know and now I'm Ireland's first female combat sports presenter so if I hadn't have been brave enough to go fuck you all I want to do this Mm -hmm. and do it I wouldn't have created that little piece of legacy for myself and you're exactly the same and how do you but how did you do it like sometimes that's what I feel like I feel like I get a little bit angry because yes I need a blueprint, right? Yeah. Like I need a fucking map. Yes. And recently, strangely enough, it's a really weird one. But like for this year, I'm only reading memoirs. Yep. And I'm starting to read more female, like female authors yeah. through these memoirs. And I'm like understanding. This is why I'm telling you this. Yes. Yeah. This podcast is for me. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm actually. I'm getting so much out of it. You remind me of myself so. Much. I can't believe I'm old now that I say that to people like you remind me of myself when I was younger but you really do but like that's why I told you like when we sat down I'm like you're me like 10 years ahead you know yeah. and it's like that's why I'm trying to like pull everything out yeah like it's not a cry for help but it's just like how like I've got all of this but I've got nothing at the same time that's it Lydia okay so th- the, the your mindset yeah. that you need to shift because yeah. you no, no, no. Like, I'm okay. But You're like, okay. Uh, but I know I'm having that, like, little low, you know, like, yes. I have that little slumpy slump. Yeah, but while you're in this slumpy slump, you're yeah. still doing the work. Yeah. You're still sitting here getting a podcast out. You're still doing, you're still, you know, meeting new people. You're still listening to, you're doing it. Yeah. And I do not mean to, like, to be, you know, uh, I don't know what, what the word is, um... I don't know what the word is. I'm on a blank here. But when you're saying all this to me, the the one thing that's coming through for me is like, you're still so young. You're so fucking young. Like, you know, if you were like 60 and you're like, I really want to be this hot (laughs) becoming podcaster, I'd be like, you need Uh, to come probably up up the ante and do three a week maybe. But you were literally so young. And that hunger and mass desire and drive and that almost like I'm pissed off and I'm angry. That's what is going to carry you. Okay. That's what will carry you. All right. Because if you were to sit here and go, yeah, you know, how do you feel like I'm a podcaster and well, I don't know if I'm doing and you were undecided, 
in how you feel about all of this. That's the first alarm bell. Because I'm like, she's going to get absolutely war. Like, she'll just get blown out of this completely. Literally. The fact that you were like, I fucking, I'm screaming for my place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to be fucking hurt. That's it. Keep that. Keep that fire. What I will say to you is, be careful of where you vent it. And be careful of where you show that vulnerability. Yeah. Not vulnerability. Okay. Vulnerability is good. That anger. <laughs> the anger. Yeah. Because what you don't want to happen is for that to get in the way of you being your brilliant self. At like Whether it is in podcasting or you don't want it to turn into bitterness. You have to keep, keep it yeah. and fight yeah. and know when your place is, I'm going to earn this spot wherever I am. But don't let it sabotage you. That's it. Don't let it sabotage you. And I speak from experience because <laughs> I did. Yeah. And, and when I was in the band, I was exactly the same. I was like, why the fuck didn't we get that festival slot? Why the fuck didn't we get this? And I will be so angry that... I actually became unpleasant. I'm not saying you're unpleasant in any way, but I became unpleasant for the people that I was working with. It was like, just relax. You know, they are about my band just to me all the time. Relax, like it will come. And I used to see them as the enemy. So I was like, you don't want this as much as me, you know? But it is a it is not about not having those feelings. It's about how how to properly contain them and use them to fire you in the right direction. Don't get rid of it. You need it. But use it as ammunition to fire you up and help you to get to where you need to go. But just don't let it turn to bitterness or anything that will sabotage your brilliance. That's it. It's like channeling it to the right yes. place and like using that. Yeah. Now, on that, that's the next thing that I kind of want to talk to you about. With that experience that you had, like going from singing and like changing up your careers, right? Did, was there a point where you're like, okay, I'm either going to like start trusting myself, you know? Yeah. Like, is there that like self-belief and trust in, no, I am, I'm not, I am the shit, but yeah. like, I need to stop letting all of this doubt that's surrounding me, like, yes. step out and just. So it is goddess energy. Ooh, hello. And that is what I coined <laughs> It's called goddess energy. And I slip in and out of it. And when I am living the lifestyle, not drinking alcohol, not, you know, going to doing jiu-jitsu, going to the gym, lifting weights, doing therapy, doing meditation, doing self-reiki, whatever it is. When I'm on all these different things, I'm living in my goddess energy. And I'm slowly now going back into my goddess energy. And what I mean by goddess energy is the recognition, the awareness, and the insight that I am a goddess in everything that I do in life, approaching life with goddess energy, you know, embody yourself as a goddess and know that, you know, how, what would a goddess do? That's what I ask myself all the time. What would a goddess do? And a goddess is not going to sit here and, you know, do whatever you know a goddess wouldn't do but <laughs> what i mean by that is recognizing that you are a goddess in whatever you do but not having that um having the humility or the the you know being humble in that awareness 
So it is recognizing that you are the best at what you're doing, or if you're not the best, that you will be the best. And that, you know, whether you look at yourself and go like, you know, what is it that you want to do? What is your out, your your pinnacle? This is what I want. No limitations. It can be anything. I think it would be a talk show. A talk show. Yeah. Stunning, right? So when you think about, I have the world's most successful running, longest running, most respected talk show on XYZ. When you envision yourself being in that spot, like you have to align yourself as a person in this life today, as you are right now, you have to carry yourself that will in a manner that will align you into that talk show or that talk show host or doing that. So what I mean by that is, you know, you have to almost live in the, live the way you envision yourself to be when you get to that point. And every day you might be like, oh, well, I don't really feel like a goddess or that talk show host, but that's okay. But we build little bits, little blocks to get there. Um, so it's about having that recognition of I am the goddess. I'm staying within my goddess, but I'm going to be humble and kind and considerate. And I want to have the ability to learn. And, you know, so you're, you're going through this life with a grace. And an, a, just a, a calm, confident knowing that this is where you're going to end up. Mm. And by envisioning it already happening or sitting with yourself when you meditate or in those quiet spots and visualizing, see it all, see how it looks, see how you look, see what you're wearing, see how the audience responds to when you ask a question, see the guests, see it all and feel that tingle mm. and know that it's coming. And then get to work because that's the important bit. So we can all sit at home and like visualize. But what's important is you visualize it and you get out and do the podcast. Do all the things that help you to get to that spot. You know, that's it. Does that make sense? No, completely. That's, this is all stuff in my head. So when I'm spewing it out, I'm like, <laughs> that might not make sense to you. But to me, I'm like, this no, makes that's absolutely it. perfect sense. No, it makes perfect sense. It's like that little bit of accepting that it has already happened to a certain extent yes and that all right like all i need to do is just keep chipping away it's gonna happen i just need to stay with it is literally all you need to do to keep chipping away like that is the it's so important like i can't even stress enough and i don't even follow it 100 percent myself you know there's loads of stuff i could be doing now but i'm in this mindset right now that I need a little bit of a change. I need a little bit of a time out. So I'm giving myself space to breathe. Yeah. And that's okay because I need to do that to give myself the energy to go again and to start all these new projects. But back when I was, you know, working full time and like doing Flight Connect TV on the weekends and having no day off and not killing yourself because killing yourself and running yourself into the ground is just a disservice. But when I had the, you know, Saturday night when everyone's going out on the session or to a gig or whatever I go no I'm actually going to go to like you know Crumlin Boxing Club and like cover a little amateur show with 12 year olds and edit that for the weekend people were like are you fucking nuts but always every single time I've done it I envisioned myself being at Matchroom, DAZN shows BT Sport, Frank Warren and when I got there 
people used to say to me when I was in the UK at shows, they're like, I feel like you've been like in this scene for years. And it was literally because I arrived knowing what I needed to do and knowing exactly my purpose. And I was confident to a degree or, you know, I was calm. And I wasn't overwhelmed by the gra- the, the gravity of the, the you know, the, the people that were around, the, the stage, the, you know, the big arenas. I wasn't overwhelmed by that because I had seen it. Now, that didn't all go to plan, you know, like I, I, I had a bigger vision for myself that is still coming. But I done when I, I you know, I done that for like two years or whatever. So when I got there, I was like, it's exactly how I imagined and felt that it would feel okay you know when it came to that little so as you said you're kind of facing not a crisis yeah but like a little change or whatnot how does it they feel like crises yeah they feel like crises <laughs> um, to me they do right anyway i'm like yeah i'm in a crisis literally <laughs> but like how do you like what what does it feel like is it emptiness is it like fucking i'm gonna shit my pants but i know that this isn't it <laughs> I but think I've, that's I've I think shit my pants. Is there why I'm not allowed on RT? <laughs> <laughs> because I have a potty mouth. That's why. Well, no, you're fine now. It's fine. We can rain in the inwards or RT. But I was exactly the same as well. And like, you know, and I still don't want the job where it's like, no. good evening and welcome to whatever. You know, I want to have my personality shine through. So, so like, that's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's being funny. But uh, yeah, maybe the Tommy Tiernan show, they'll let, yeah. you know, they leave guests on there. I wear a beanie. Exactly, exactly. Right. So they're, they're a bit free flowing on that show. You can have anyone on there. You know, people who are like happy to be themselves. Um, but um. Where are we going with this? Oh, yeah, the crisis. Uh, The crisis. Yeah. Where does the crisis feel? Okay, so I will be really real with you, right? So I, this, I I done a a healing circle very recently and the message that came through for me was to use my voice. So this is very... With psychedelics involved? um, Medicine was involved. But they, it's not a psychedelic. I'm like, it wasn't a psychedelic. It was with a proper shaman who is qualified to <laughs> use medicinal herbs in a lovely way. Um, <laughs> but um, it was a very nice ceremony. And yeah, but the, the big thing that came through for me was to use my voice. So this is all very relevant and very um, interesting. That's probably why I got like a little over, not overwhelmed, but like excited when you started talking because I was like, okay, this is all very new and recent to me. And I usually don't um, speak my truth. I'm very private, you know what I mean? Like I'm on, on the internet years and like, you know, out there, but in terms of my own what goes on in my head and what goes in my personal life. I actually don't talk about anything because it's a pr- protection tool. I, I don't like to be vulnerable, which is something I'm trying to learn to be a little bit more. So, um, but I find find it really, really difficult. Um, but so the, the recent crisis, the more recent crisis that I had, how did I know that I was in a crisis? Well, 
I separate my body and mind. That's the first stage of it. It always happens. And I I, I just um, laser focus and I go, this is just the job. This is what I have to do. It has to be this way. No matter how bad I feel in it, no matter how bad the situation is or the working environment or whatever it might be. And I don't listen to myself. So where I listen to myself all the time when I start to stop listening to myself that's when I know I'm gone on the wrong direction and I was in a you know a, a work situation where I really was not making me happy and everyone on the outside thought that it was the best thing that has ever happened to me and that this was it this is like the big big break and I think there was a part of me that was really embarrassed and really I had to really struggle with removing myself from that situation because I felt that I was self-sabotaging and how I felt I was self-sabotaging was I didn't want to do it anymore and I was like why don't I why am I not like this is just doesn't feel right for me but I had told myself for so long that this outcome was the perfect work scenario that could ever happen. And for some reason, I, it was almost like being in the band. Like all I wanted to do was be on a stage and tour the world, get a record deal, like be in a band 24-7, get to do full time. And then when it was happening and I was on the road and touring and I was sitting on the back of a, a bus with like five lads and I was like, I hate this. This is not how... This is how I envisioned it, but I thought I would be happy. So I was like, is this now another, um, you know, am I self-sabotaging at a really great opportunity? So I separated. You disassociated. Sorry. Completely. Yeah. And I just went and done it and was like, I'm just going to work my ass off and, you know, it'll work out. It's all going to be fine. And now it finally got to a head where I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And when I left I was like you know so confused and overwhelmed and upset and like just feeling so many different emotions it was literally like you know a breakup of a marriage um and it, I couldn't listen to anyone I couldn't listen to any of my friends any work peers you know people would say to me like oh I'm so sorry like that's awful you know ah something will come up again or people will go fucking I'm so fucking happy I fucking this was the worst decision you ever went into we didn't want to say it to you when you were fucking going into it and I didn't want to hear from anyone no one's words would comfort me and then as I slowly started to realize and figure stuff out for myself and start to listen to people seeing the closest people in my life were like you literally cried every single day you were on the phone to us every single day and you cried and you still wouldn't quit you still wouldn't walk away from us. And it's toxic loyalty, you know? It's toxic, like, I'll just hang on because I'm, uh, I'm what if? I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. And that's the, that's the fucking hard thing, is knowing when to quit and knowing when to say, this actually doesn't serve me and this is not for my higher goods. And having the bravery to go, I don't care what people say or I don't care how people perceive this. Mm -hmm. This is fucking on me and this is my decision. 
I'm out of here. Because it's like you have to separate between is this anxious because I'm excited? Like, am I anxious because I'm excited about something? Or is this my gut telling me no? Yeah, and sometimes I thought... yeah. Is it the hard work? Yeah, it is it the, the like volume just... of the work that I have to do now, and yeah. the like. You know, you you fight the pressure. Yeah, you you fight so much, or I did, to get to a certain point, and then you do get to it. Uh huh. And you feel like you owe you owe the universe yeah. for conspiring to put it together. You owe like you don't want to come across as ungrateful, even to the people that gave you the opportunity. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. No matter how bad the relationship is with people, in the end, you always want, and I always did. That's it. Want to, you know, be in my higher goddess and yeah. just be like, thank you so much. I am so grateful, yeah. but I can't do this anymore, and. You know, that's why it's really interesting when you say to me, I feel like you have it figured out. Like, I don't, I still don't feel like I have it figured out. Like, I still make wrong decisions, but they're not wrong decisions because they all are building blocks. I know now I'll never go into a situation like I have done in the past blindly or without properly, like, you know, researching who's involved, what's going to be the project, what's going to entail the, you know, whatever the vision is. Um, and so maybe I win in the future and maybe it will be the wrong decision again but that's okay Yeah, you know that's okay it's just you have to it's about working hard taking the ups and the downs they come with everything no one escapes the downs you know no matter how successful you are or how successful you perceive somebody else to be there is there is no darkness without light that's it and we need that polarity in everything it's how the world works yeah. I think it's also because, like, as you said, that you are navigating this space alone, sort of. Yes. And it's somewhat similar to me, although I'm earlier on, but I do hear, like, so many people like, with their fucking life coaches, with their mentors, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, you got the shaman, so, like, fair Yes. <laughs> but uh, it's so interesting because I feel like the people that embark on this alone and don't have, not that you don't have a solid group around you, but, like, from business perspective, yeah. it's like, my generation we're so used to seeing the likes of youtube groups or whatever in america or the uk where they have like a massive team or they have a squad yeah they have a full squad even fighters they have a squad you know and they're making it yeah and it's like with me i'm just like doing this alone so every opportunity feels like the opportunity that's gonna take me closer i'm assuming that you might feel might have felt the same way with massive like like these decisions that come your way where it's like you don't want to come across as like toxic you, every work you're gonna put your 100% into and then it's like how do I figure out which is which you know how do I know that this is the business opportunity for me if that makes yes sense. okay so this is the thing is that you can't actually sometimes you don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't you just have to do it and do it or not do it. And sometimes you say no and it's the wrong decision. I should have fucking done that. Literally. You know, it's it, it's really, really hard. You just have to navigate it as you go and listen to yourself and be patient with yourself and know, know what's right for you, what feels right in your gut, in your heart, in your mind, what's right for you and navigate it that way. And then just keep fucking moving. Keep moving and keep moving. That's it. I feel the need to talk to you about like martial arts and MMA. Yes. But like, listen, 
Ireland is fucking doing grace right now. Yes. You know what they yeah, yeah. Or Danny McCormick. Yes. World fucking World champ. champion victor, yeah. Women are smashing it. Like, yeah. Like yeah. they can. And I know that you do jujitsu as well. I, I did. Fair play to you, right? And yeah. so I always have this thing. And I like so many lads have come on the podcast, they do BJJ, whatever. Mm-hmm. I did one class. Yeah. And I. In jujitsu. In jujitsu, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and. <laughs> I remember, like, it's what there was this one lady, pure badass, like, full on grey head of hair on her, like, yeah. 60 years old or something. Wow. And all good. And then I just see them, they were rolling and doing all the things. And there was this one lad with a full on, like, transparent gi. Yeah. Like, balls in your face, like, boxer is going through. And I'm like, fair play. It, 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 it's not the sport for me. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. But I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? They the, they had a transparent gi on. Was it white but because wet? Because the sweat. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. is underneath, right? Ah, uh, okay, okay, and okay. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you get away with it? Um, How do you get away with it or yeah, how do you ignore it? Uh, yeah, that's it. How do you ignore it? Well, like, was it overwhelming for you at the start? No, no, not at all, not at all. And I think any concept of sexualization of what's happening because it's male and female or the positions or whatever it yeah. is when someone is trying to choke you out like that that, that you're not That's thinking about that so you're not thinking about that at yeah. all but no i i understand 100 percent um like it's so personal it's so it's up in your space you cannot be more close contact yeah. and like you know like I'll go training this evening and like the lad's sweat will be dripping in my mouth, you know what I mean? <laughs> or I'll have a foot in someone's ball sack, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, but it's not it's just it's it's the it's not sexual. It's not sexualized no. and nobody's thinking like that. That's the the weirdest thing that th- that's the first thing that people always go to is like, Oh my god, do you know is it not like really like, like weird that like you're in that position and it's like no it's just grappling it's you become childlike and it's or animal like you know and it's literally just about it's wrestling yeah it's you like know what i mean it's wrestling. yeah it's grappling it's wrestling it's like you know human chess it's the most amazing amazing sport like it's life-changing yeah you should go back i have a torn acl ah uh, so don't go back don't go back yeah when i saw it i was like I, how did you tear your ACL? So I used to do so. Like long story short, I started out in martial arts with karate. Like that was karate. Yeah. That was my first one, and then with just growth in general, I did football, soccer, and yeah. then handball came along. It's team handball. It's like water polo but on land. Okay, and uh, I was a winger, and I tore like my cartilage first in this one. Just someone uh, dead legged me like midair, and I landed cartilage tore through my knee joint and escaped it so i had like a foreign body going around my knee called her spongebob nisha those guys <laughs> so that was my cartilage and then with my left i always had issues with it went in for surgery and i ended up with a pseudo lock it's called so a pseudo lock is when my knee didn't mechanically lock but my brain sent a signal to prevent pain from happening that i couldn't like move my knee wow at all so I had a whole week where I couldn't walk, like everything was up for debate and stuff. And they injected anesthetic to straighten out my knee and then like to numb it sort of for my brain to do that. And then I started walking. Two months later, I was coaching handball, ball into the knee, cartilage and ligaments tore. 
Ah, like straight on, like literally, like if I were to target that, you know? No way. Yeah. And I went in, I was never lucky with MRIs either. So I went in for a surgery to fix the cartilage that they assumed was like were torn. Yeah. But I didn't sign off the papers because obviously the surgeon was so confident that it was just that. Yeah. But turns out my ACL was torn. Uh, but they, there weren't any papers to sign for an ACL surgery. So I came out ACL still torn. No yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So if I were to start anything grap squeezy, does that make sense? Yeah, grappling probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, until you, you mean you can come back from it. Of course, <laughs> like so many people rip their meniscus yeah. or ACL or whatever it is. Maybe boxing where, you know. I did Muay Thai for a bit. Okay. So I'm thinking, I was thinking Muay Thai, but then I'm thinking about like getting kicks in the leg. That was it. So that's worse. Like I'm more concerned about you getting a kick in the leg than than grappling, you know. Because that's what happened then. It was like beginners was grand. But then when you join the fighters class. Yeah. It's like the kick. Like you could feel the knee just go like a little bit like that. So I'm like, you know, I have to step away. And just admire martial arts from the outside. There's definitely, there's definitely a martial art we can find you. We can get just headshots instead, yeah. you know, just get a few concussions, maybe a broken nose and all that kind of stuff. Well, no, like martial arts is so beautiful. It's like, I think sports in general, yeah. but I think especially for women, it's like just go in and get confident. A hundred percent. It's like it's the most empowering thing that I ever done. Yeah, it and changed still your life. To do. Yeah, it has. Like I've had such an emotional like journey within mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu and through it, I created this career for myself do you know what I mean like it was from jiu-jitsu that again when I was like in that sort of like midlife like what am I going to do um you know what's my next step by letting go of everything and starting jiu-jitsu and you know um being consumed by something brand new and being a beginner again I think that's something really important that the older that you get it's very very difficult to remember what it's like to be a beginner and to learn something new for the first time and I think you know the older you get like the older you get it's kind of conditioned out of us that like you just stop learning and then it's almost like an ego takes over when you try to teach someone something new for the first time you know it's always met with a lot of frustration or a lot of like oh you know that kind of a thing and you definitely see that in a lot of people in martial arts when they start and they're older um the difference with an older adult to a young child that starts, you know, children are just like sponges. They're just like, oh yeah, show me whatever. Show me, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to learn. And then if you get someone older, they're a bit like, you know, oh, oh, even though they've come to the class to learn, you can see that their their inability to learn or to kind of listen to being told something else um, can be hard for them to navigate at first. It's submission. Yeah, it's ego, it's submission. Yeah. It's vulnerability, it's being okay with not being able to do a move or a technique and saying, sorry, coach, can you please come over here and show me? And I'm from, you know, speaking to like the the black, all the black belts that have coached me throughout the years, that's the one thing that they've said that the best part about women training in their gyms is women are almost like children in a, in a way that they are a lot more open to learning and listening especially to a man um, I think when it's men you know men coaches and men students of an older age or a certain age 
it can be a little bit of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I got this. Yeah, I know what to do, you know? I think there's also a little bit of an expectation on dudes as well, especially if they are fans of the sport without actually starting out the sport. Yeah. I've seen it in, for the short amount of time that I did practice Mu- Muay Thai, is that yeah. beginners full on went, they're like, oh yeah, I know how to throw a punch. But everyone thinks they can fight when they arrive day one in yeah, the martial yeah. arts gym, which is Literally. like the, the most insane thing ever. And I've even, the you know, there's a big misconception about martial arts and combat sports that the people who are in these gyms are like, you know, brutes or thugs or people who are out like starting fights every weekend. And that could kill their demons, like. Exactly. Jiu-jitsu is mainly nerds, you know, like it's literally like science computer nerds who are like love the like so small the psychology of like you know getting leverage or one up on like the human chess elements but more often than not i've seen you know i've done this for nearly a decade and i've seen um a lot of people uh come and go and i've seen guys mainly um that you know thought they could fight and they come and they do a couple of classes and you know when you start as a beginner you're not going to be inspiring the the pro team right like that or being get, getting heavy hits or even being hit at all it's all about discipline technique fitness and that's where they struggle because they're like i, I can fight but i can't fucking mm-hmm. i can't yeah. do 20 sit-ups you know what i mean like so it, it, it separates the men from the boys Oosh. shall we leave it at that little yes Thank you so much. I fucking love this, honestly. So did I. I yeah. really did. And I feel like I just want to hold your hand and like live life with you. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. And just, just be like. <laughs> 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 hey, that's so yeah. I don't have a sister. I don't have a sister either. We can go. Come. I'll take you in. I'll take you in. Just hold your hand and go wherever you <laughs> No. And no, honestly, like if there is anything that I can help you with, like just let me know. <laughs> I can be your big sister. Yeah, and then um, or that has questions for me, I'll send them on to you. Yes, of course, of course. And I'll tell everyone. I'm like, oh, this girl this podcast, but she's really fucking angry, so someone help her out. No, no, no. No, but no. I do agree with you. It's like I need to be careful of how I channel that, uh, not even anger, but like that uh, side of me. Does that yeah. make sense? So yeah. obviously this podcast is my safe space. Yeah. It's like the moment that I clip it and put it on TikTok, that's a different story, which yeah. I won't. Yeah. But like, yeah, there is that thing where I just, uh, I there's ebbs and flows and like I'm riding the wave, but I'm also, like I brought you in just to fucking like learn everything. Like I know you always talk about like writing a book. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> My entire life, just take notes. And no, I'd be grateful. Thank you. Like, is it's nice for me to, you know, uh, hear that. Because like, you know, I definitely, when I was growing up, there wasn't, a lot of people that I that were doing what I was doing, you know what I mean? Like even social media was so different back then. You know, I remember like having a Snapchat and everyone was like, What's a Snapchat? It's like, why are you doing that? I was like, I don't know, it just seems to work. Yeah. You know, just stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. But okay. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah. Good. I'm really happy and thank you for inviting me. I really I really appreciate it. True. Thank you. And yeah, like just, you know, you're you're killing this. You know what I mean? Like the fact that you're actually doing it is like amazing. Um, but listen, I know that there is fucking um, like there's so many podcasts, there's so many content creators, there's so many. But trust me, these people won't stick it out. You know what I mean? I've I've seen that in 
like all my work that I've done I'm like fuck there's so many people doing xyz and now like 10 years in like there's only a handful that are still doing it I see yeah. you know people there'll always be competition it'll never escape you like you know with the biggest competition should always be yourself you know there you go thank you so much in the book I appreciate it everyone thank you for listening oh we're watching yeah are we like no no that's fine that's warm that's fucked up I fucking love it alright ciao ciao I keep on coming with energy I keep on bringing that energy 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 energy